Strong Life Coach podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joined in the podcast studio by attorney Amanda Hernandez. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, Derek. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Well, I'm excited for us to be able to connect and showcase your attorney journey. Let me ask you, what inspired you to become an attorney? Um, so I think in high school, I originally um, had the thought of being an attorney, actually, because people would always tell me that I loved to argue. Um, not so much in a fighting way, but when I have, um, when I'm passionate about something or when I really believe something to be true, I have always um, found the need to keep talking about it or, you know, stressing my point. So I had kind of heard it from family and friends in high school and thought about it and thought maybe I would do that. Um, but then in college, I kind of went off that path. I um, was kind of, I guess I, I didn't get tired of school, but I just figured when I was in college, it seemed so far to finish. And I was like, I can't imagine going to school again. Um, but then when I finished college, I was interviewing for some um, just entry level jobs. And I really, um, I knew that I wasn't passionate passionate about any of them. And for me, uh, life's a lot more than just, you know, what you do for a living. I think you should really enjoy it or at least um, find meaning in it. And so I found myself thinking again about maybe the possibility of going to law school. And then um, I actually got a job as a legal assistant and I worked for a solo practitioner here in San Antonio. And I think working for him um, kind of gave me the confidence I needed to, to continue forward and, and take the LSAT and try to get into law school. So I think it's a kind of two part in high school. I wanted to do it and then it didn't um, come back to me until after college, but I think sure. uh, <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. When I think about your story and your journey, what, what comes to me is sometimes we'll have these clues or even hints of maybe what, what, um, what we, what our dream was, or even what our calling was, early on in the story for you you were talking about in high school how you love to um to, to argue and, and have these uh love to show what was right and and then you have this other part of your journey where it's like oh well, well maybe not you know even with 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 a lot more schooling you know a lot more work but 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 i love how it, it came full circle for you when it came back around and said you know what um no maybe that that little inkling of a of a dream back in uh, back in high school was actually an indicator of what you're supposed to do with your life. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, definitely. I think that, it, like you said, it kind of came full circle. And um, I definitely, once I was in the process, and I remember my first day of law school, I remember sitting there and, and feeling like this is where I'm supposed to be right now, which doesn't always happen. So uh, yeah, I agree completely. I think that it was a, a small idea that maybe was, you know, a little seed planted for <laughs> my sure. future life, but yeah. Right, right, and, and I, I love that analogy you gave, that the, the little seed planted. And, and I think about the people that are listening in, and I, and I want you to think about what she just said. Like, sometimes, you know, the people that are listening, I, I know there's a number of college students that, that are listening, and I, and I want to speak to them for a moment here, is thinking about the seed that was planted along the way. I know, I know some of you, the college students that listen, listen in, they, they ask the question, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? And I think Amanda's story, it kind of shows you that returning to some of those early seeds might be exactly what you're passionate about. And it's exactly what happened for her. You return to those, uh, those early seeds and, uh, and then now, now she's actually living in that, where she just described it, with where she's supposed to be. And so, 
talk about um, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? I enjoy most is I feel um, that we really have a unique ability to help people. Um, I feel like uh, I don't want to say that we're as you know important as like a doctor or surgeon, but people come to us with problems that can truly alter the rest of their lives. Um, and some, I mean, even obviously in, in the criminal context, larger cases have a bigger impact on your life. But for me, even the smallest, um, you know, classy ticket misdemeanors can sometimes affect people in a negative way. And I feel like it's really um, scary to be in the shoes of the defendant and to be faced with such, you know, a system, especially for people who have never been in trouble before. It can really be a stressful and um, just a horrible time in your life. So for me, I really enjoy being someone that they can come to to not only talk about their problem, but to help try to remedy it and get them a solution that's going to be um, beneficial to their life. So I really enjoy um, helping people through what might be the hardest time of their life. Sure. When, when I think about that idea of being present to help people in the worst part of their life, I think there's, some, there's, there's power in that. How, how do you navigate that? So t- tell me a little bit about like, when you think, like when I hear worst part of people's lives, naturally I can think about some of the stress and the negative situation, but that's kind of your world. Tell me how you navigate hearing on an ongoing basis uh, for some people, the worst times of their lives how do you navigate that as a person? Um, I think that we try to, or I try to have um, not two separate mindsets, but two mindsets that kind of come into the same because I have to look at a case. It's, it's easy for lawyers, especially after law school to look at everything um, in like a scientific manner and applying you know, facts to law. But when you step out of that, and that's um, part of the reason I'm with my firm, my boss, Don Flannery, has taught me a lot about that. He said, you need to remember to be more than a lawyer, but to be a person. And I think that really, truly is um, important in criminal defense, because sure, we have to look at your case and dissect it and, and think about what we can do legally. But I always like to take that step back and ask the person how they're doing. Kind of, uh, I know before when we were just speaking priorly asked, you know, how are you doing as a person? I kind of feel the same. You have to make sure that your client's okay um, mentally and that their well-being kind of comes first. And then I dissect the legal portions of it to where we can dive into the case and you know hire investigators, try to figure out what happened, and then kind of um, work on a defense from there. So I don't yeah. know if that answers your question, but I think it does. Um, I try to look at it. Yeah, so it I try to look at it from both angles. I think about what you just described it, you know, I hear empathy, like you focus on empathy and connecting as a human being um, with, with the people, because as an attorney, you have technical skill, you have technical knowledge and you have drive and passion. Yet you also remember that any person coming to you also has emotions, has experiences, has that human side. So um, I, I love that where you're hitting, um, you're, you're, you're making the most of both sides of of the experience. And I think every person probably wants that, you know, when, for me as a business coach, um, you know, we often talk about business, but as you mentioned, I always want to be somebody that asks how people are doing as a human being and not just, okay, business, 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 but also what you just described, how are people doing? And I want to be, be aware of that to be able to connect, but that's exactly what I heard from you is being aware of how your people are doing. And I imagine that this gives people a greater and better experience. 
I agree too. I mean, and, and I mean, even in business, it's something that they're going to be going home and thinking about. So if you think about it, it does affect almost every aspect of their life. And then when people are stressed or when something is going on, um, whether it's business or on the criminal side, I think often their family is even affected. And so it's, it's important to just, um, just be aware of those things, like you said, and make sure that, that first and foremost, that their mental health is being, is okay before moving on to, to the criminal portion of it. Yes, yes, yes. And, and so t- tell, me, tell me how you, how did you decide to specialize in criminal defense? So that's uh, another kind of funny story about life kind of putting you, I think, where you should be or, <laughs> or where you're most beneficial. So when I decided to go back to law school, um, I, I stayed here and I went to St. Mary's, um, which was a great school. And I'm happy to have been there. Um, but when I initially went in, I figured I was a business major in college. So I figured I would do probably commercial litigation or um, maybe even just uh, more business paper behind the scenes work. And then when I was a 2L in my second year, I um, tried out for the, the EAP mock trial team. And basically they do kind of um, fake trials and they go to competitions and compete, you know, and you have one side and then another round will be the other side. And our, um, our coach at the time was a prosecutor at the attorney's office. And she, when she came to kind of pitch for mock trial at our, at our law school day, she, you know, everybody else stood up and said, you know, you should join our club because X, Y, and Z, or we have a lot of fun and, and you know, this and that. And she kind of stood up and, and just said, this is, this is what I teach my students. And she gave us an argument from the rules of evidence and said why a piece of evidence should be admitted. And then she said, and then we do this. And she flipped her own argument and was equally convincing on both sides. And that's all she pitched for mock trial and then sat down. And I was kind of um, very impressed by her. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I want to want to see um, more about what she has to say. So I tried out for the team and I made it onto um, the mock trial team. And I really, I didn't know I would love trial. And I just loved the idea of trial. It's just, um, it's a very competitive, and I, I don't want to say game because obviously it's very important and it's mm-hmm. um, you know, dealing with people's lives. But the rules of evidence are, are constructed in such a way that to where if you know, the more about the rules you know, the more you can kind of uh, enter things that you would like to be entered. You know, you, the more arguments you can make on why you should be allowed to say something or object to something. So I was just really drawn to the um, trial process through mock trial. And then my third year, I started clerking for a defense firm called Goldstein, Goldstein and Hilly, which is now Goldstein and Orr. Um, and they were a really reputable defense firm. And as soon as I started working for them, they really just showed me um, the, the heart of criminal defense and what goes on and why, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> why I wanted to, I felt like the defense side became kind of more of the good side. Whereas in school, I was kind of taught like prosecutors are the good side and defense, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of how it's laid out. Um, but working for a defense firm really truly showed me uh, what defendants go through and how firms can help them. And that's also where I um, met my current boss, Mr. Flannery. He was a, a practitioner at the, at, um, he was an associate at Goldstein and Hilly for about 15 years before he started a Flannery law firm. So it was kind of working for, um, for Don Flannery and for Jerry Goldstein that really turned me on to criminal defense and I never looked back. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I want to take it back to what you just described in the, in the first part of that story where that, that um, you said she was the, the uh, professor and you saw her passion for illustrating both sides of the story. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a principle there um, where people tuning in and they're thinking about um, what they wanna do. They're thinking about their journey. They're thinking about 
you know, finding somebody like you did, you had somebody in your journey who was incredibly passionate and effective at what they did. And then you deciding to try out, make the team. And then, you know, the rest is, you know, history. When you look at everything that you, that you went through, but, but I, I love the idea of finding this one person, at least if you have, a, if, if you're out there, you can find a couple of people, find a couple of people, but finding this one person who is great at what they do and striving to, you know, be around them. Like, you know, you joining that team and maximizing that learning process, because if you're learning for one of the best, you'll be in the, in the, you'll be in the best situation to be able to grow, blossom and explore that area um, in anybody's journey. So I, I think I, I love you, including that detail. I think it captures um, something that anybody can use, like to find someone who's passionate and effective what they do. And if, if they'll give you any of their time to maximize that time together. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I think in any field, if you're, um, you know, deciding on if you want to go into something or even just thinking about it, I would reach out to someone who's in that profession. And I think it's amazing to see how many people are actually willing to help if you just ask or, you know, if you ask for mentorship or even just to shadow someone. Um, I think it's invaluable to, to see someone doing what you're thinking about and actually kind of getting into what the daily life looks like. So, yeah, I agree with that completely. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and I like what you said right there about asking for the help, asking for the support. And I think there's something about being proactive and not, not, not waiting, not holding back, but, but really moving forward with, and I think that takes courage and, and, and humility there to ask other people for help because there's some, there's some like this subtle, you know, you're admitting subtly that I, I don't know it all. I don't have it all together. And I would simply learn to love from, I would learn, love to learn from you in, in, in the journey. And I, and I think there's, there's humility, passion, and courage in that question right there. So I, I, I love that you pointed that out. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, it takes a little bit of, not effort, but yeah, you got to overcome some humility to ask for that kind of help. But I think that the result can be invaluable. And with technology today, it's actually super easy to, you know, send out a message on LinkedIn or even Facebook and just kind of ask someone, um, you know, introduce yourself and just say, I'm looking into this type of, of, you know, practice and I would like to shadow you. And I think that, yeah, the, the connection you can make is well worth the initial reach out. Yes, yes, yes. So let's, let's encourage the listeners out there even if you're not even thinking about career, if you're making this about your life, your journey, find somebody who's better than you and then ask them for help. It's, there's no shame in asking for help. Overcome a little bit of that pride and then ask for help. That is good for you. All right. Next question I have for you, Amanda, is what has been one challenge you faced as an attorney that you have overcome? I think that one of them would be, um, I, criminal defense is typically a very uh, male dominated field. And I think that it's, it's not so much been like a, a hindrance to me, but I do find it somewhat challenging, especially when I first started, because I know that I also look very young. Um, so I feel like often um, people would treat me like an assistant or, you know, not really um, kind of question my ability to be a lawyer in a sense mm -hmm. uh, only because they assume because I'm following my boss who is a male you know that I'm kind of like uh, just the assistant which I, I don't I, mean, I don't look down on assistants at all in any way shape or form sure. but it, it was a little bit harder for me to establish you know no I'm, I'm an attorney too and this is you know what I do too and it's gotten a little easier over the years but I think at first um, it was just is a little uh, 
challenging to be a young female attorney in a mostly older male dominated field, especially when you consider that the judges are often older males as well. <laughs> so uh, I would say that was somewhat of a challenge, not, not a huge one, but I think that that was something I, I had to overcome. Yes. Well, you, you know what, what, I, what I love about what you said, because, you know, I have little sisters and I have younger nieces and having somebody like you to look up to as somebody who didn't just go, well, oh, you know what, this is only, this is a male dominated field. I, 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 uh, I can't go that route or there's not too many, but I feel like your story, your journey, um, it, you know, in other words, I think about it beating the odds you know, and, and being in that space where you give um, people an inspiration to, to look up to of, of, hey, she, you know, Amanda did this and I could do it too. So I think it gives other people coming up um, an example to follow and, and even you know, to, learn, to learn from you and, and, and how you've done it and how you've overcome uh, that challenge. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm definitely always, you know, willing to help and, and talk about my journey as well. I think that's exciting and that girls should see it. Um, again, the, the mentor I talked about earlier was one of the first females I had seen, you know, kind of present herself in that way. So yeah, I think it's important to show girls that we really truly can be in any field in this day and age. And, you know, that's it's just right. a matter of, of working. Yeah, not being discouraged by um, male dominance. <laughs> yes, power to you. I, I love that. I love that. I love, I, I love people who are or leading the way and being the examples um, for, again, like I said, for, for, for my little sisters, for my nieces coming up, for, uh, for my friends, I think uh, that's an inspiration to us all. Um, let me ask you about, uh, when it comes to you know, um, the, the law firm and getting the word out, what, what, what have you discovered has been the, the best way to market the, the law firm and get the word out about, um, about the, the, the law office? So I think I'm sure, you know, with any business, it's kind of a struggle to see exactly, um, you know, where to, to put your marketing efforts and things like that. Um, for us, I have to say that a lot of uh, um, clientele that we've gotten is through word of mouth. So I, that's not um, maybe not something that we're doing, you know, per se, but I think that um, that really has been a huge help. Like when we help people or when clients are happy with their services, they often tell other people who may be in trouble or even um, judges that we have good relationships with or prosecutors that we have good relationships with sometimes will, you know, give us out as a referral as well. So I definitely think that we, um, referrals have been a huge help for our business. Other than probably our website i know that uh, a lot of people um when they're looking for an attorney now typically just google search and so um you know we do have, have clients that come through us through our website as well so i would say it's, it's both word of mouth and um and pushing our website i guess <laughs> sure and uh, you mentioned two things i want to highlight um you mentioned um word of mouth i think about word of mouth is powerful when the excellence of service that you deliver is at that next level. So seeing the, the you know the the excellence that you deliver to the service, the, the the service you deliver to the clients, and then being able to go tell other people, that's powerful right there. And also what you mentioned with with referral partners, a number of attorneys that I've talked to, um, they 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 maintain these special relationships with other attorneys. And I think that's something that you know for the attorneys listening in, um, I, 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 I want to highlight that because that's something I've seen over and over again. I've heard over and over again. 
that great relationships with other attorneys pay off big time because um, no one attorney can do it all. And, and some, 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 some attorneys out there have the good problem of having too many clients and they would love to give them away to other people that they know, like, and trust. And that's what you, you kind of illustrated there with having other um, attorneys who you have, you, you, you're, you're connected with, you're friends with, and they're able to pass referrals your way. Um, it, it's always a nice thing. It's always a nice blessing to have a kind of uh, partnership and you know, a referral partnership like that. Yeah, I, I think um, not so much a referral partnership, but a lot of the attorneys that I meet practice in different fields. And so that's where it's most beneficial for us because like if say we have a, a criminal client with a family law um, attached case, or you know they are similarly going through a divorce or have um, you know some issues with custody, anything like that. That's not something that we feel comfortable handling because we, we specialize in criminal defense. So um, we then will reach out to one of our friends who we know does good work in family law, and then we can use it that way. And so I think it's the same kind of with other attorneys in other fields who I've met. It's the same thing that they don't handle criminal cases or they're not in the area. So they'll give us a call and then, you know, have the client contact us that way. So, yeah, I think it's uh, for attorneys, it's a huge benefit to meet other attorneys, especially those not in your field because that's where you can definitely help each other and each other's clients. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Thank you for that perspective. And what advice would you offer someone just starting their career as an attorney? I think I would um, kind of say what we touched on about finding a mentor. I think it's really important, especially when you're first starting out, because it, it is scary to get licensed and realize that you can now practice law. Because, I mean, we definitely learn a lot in law school, but you don't necessarily learn a lot of the day-to-day -day practice, um, especially if you're going to go out on your own and you're trying to start a business at the same time. It's a lot to learn. Um, or even if you're starting, you know, at a firm or you get hired with someone, I think it's important to find someone who's been practicing longer than you have. And really just, um, even if it's just going to lunch once a month or every few months or however you do it, I think it's important to find someone that you can ask um, for advice and just kind of run things by each other. Um, even, even if you're kind of both starting out and, and they don't have um, a lot of experience, I think it's helpful to kind of bounce ideas off each other and um, just have someone for that support, both uh, emotionally and at work. Um, I think it's important to have you know, a, a good base at home as well and, and to not forget to work-life balance and make sure that you're taking care of your mental health as well. Um, but yeah, I definitely would say find a mentor who's in the field that you practice in and um, you know, learn from them and don't be afraid to ask them for And that's, I think, how you really can become a more successful lawyer. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is what you just described right there is one of the most important pivotal areas of growth ever. You know, one thing I let people know is that there's a proverb that says, you know, walk with the wise and grow wise. And there's this something about finding somebody else who has wisdom and I'm going to and putting yourself around them. And you just are surprised with what overflows from from their, their inside, their mind, their perspective, or even, you know, and you, you, you can testify to this um, uh, as well. Like there's, when I ask certain mentors certain questions, it's like it unlocks this treasure chest of insight that's just overflowing. I'm like, I wish, uh, like it's crazy that 
the it took the question to be like that key that opened that treasure chest. And then I feel like I just got a whatever it might be a $10,000 piece of insight just from asking one question. Yeah, I agree. I love that analogy about it. It truly is like a key that kind of just unlocks a door that stays unlocked forever. So <laughs> I love that analogy. And yeah, I agree completely. Um, it's definitely important to, to walk with the wise, like he said. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And, and you, one thing you mentioned as well is work-life balance. I, I, I know I talked to a number of attorneys. That's one of those areas um, that I love to ask about because I know sometimes it can be a, a battle and sometimes it can be a struggle. Um, what do you do and what, what have you found that helps with work-life balance as an attorney? Um, one of the things that I always try to remember is um, my dad always taught me. My dad was a border patrol agent for 35 years and um, he was a phenomenal federal agent and I, I look up to him a lot. Um, my mom worked very hard as well. She was in, in administrative, uh, she was a principal for a little while and then in teaching. So they both worked very hard. But one thing my dad would always tell me is um, when you walk through the door, I mean the housework, when you walk through the door, leave work and back up until you go back outside to work. And it sounds like a simple thing that, you know, like everybody would know, but I, I do think that that's important. And when um, we have a difficult case or when there's difficult facts that I find myself thinking about later. I always just remember my dad saying that. And I remember to kind of um, almost like a switch in my brain, like turn it off. And I think that, that that's my advice for people um, struggling to find a work-life balance is when you get home, just remember to turn it off. And um, not that you shouldn't think about work at all. I mean, obviously we, we have things we need to keep up with, but I think it's important to remember that, you know, who you are as a person is not just defined by your job. And that you do have to find that time for your family or for your even just yourself um, to relax and just kind of turn turn that part of your brain off and, and remember mm -hmm. to live in the moment and enjoy the present even if things are stressful. Um, so I would say yeah that and um, I think it just over time it becomes a little bit easier. You just have to have your priorities and you know make sure that you're getting what you need to done, but also making sure that you're not um, forgetting about your family or you know you're you have children, your kids, and you know loved ones, your significant other, whoever that may be. Um, I think it's important to just kind of be open and honest with them, but also take that time um, to really just enjoy a few minutes with them, even if it's it's not so long every day. Just remember to have that time and and give them your full attention and turn off that work part of your brain for a little while. Mm -hmm. I think you just gave me like seven principles to uh, talk about right here. So maybe we'll, we'll go through this, uh, each one of those. Um, one of them you mentioned is um, getting home from work. And then really, it's like this, I've heard the metaphor people use sometimes, they talk about like, when my work jacket comes off, that's when my work problems come off, you know? And, and this idea of like, they're, they're literally like, thinking about their, their, their outer coat as um, breaking off the shell of, their work life and becoming who they who, who is best for them to be at, at, at home. There's there's power in that. Um, and then and I, wanna, I wanna also want to tag on this other one you said. You said that how did you describe it? Um, being present. Oh being present and, and probably more relevant than ever in our world. There's there's always another distraction. There's always another email. There's always another meeting. There's other always another appointment. There's always, in your case, um, 
potentially, you know, doing more research with a certain case, another angle, another perspective, um, being present um, with the people you care about the most is also something powerful that you mentioned. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like it's, you have to remember that your problems can't, you can't project them on, on other people and you can't, um, if you're feeling stressed about work, it's not really fair that you then take that to your loved ones when you're supposed to be spending your free time with them because it's, um, it's really just not fair to them. <laughs> and it's not fair to yourself because you're missing out on, you know, just little joys that, that we can take from our daily life, no matter what's going on. And then I, I think it's also important to, um, you know, just like I said, be open with your with your family base or the people that you're spending that time with. And of course, there's going to be weekends where, you know, there's a deadline or you may have something at work that you just can't get away from and you have to spend that extra time. But I think as long as you're um, open and honest with, with the people you're spending that time with and uh, really limiting that that type of work to when you really need to, instead of just always worrying about it, I think that that's um, it's good for your family and for you. Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. There's something you mentioned as well. I, I, I really want to spend a little bit of time on. You said not allowing your job to define you. you and, and, and I think there's something powerful there um, because one, you know, in your specific career path, um, there, there, there's absolutely a prestige you know, and being an attorney, you know, go, going through the rigorous training you went through with your education to um, in, in law school, to pass the bar, to do what you're doing now. But then to hear you say that phrase of not allowing um, your job to be the same as your identity. Talk a little bit about that, because I, I talk about that. I try to almost work that out into every single speech I give, every single coaching session. That's so pillar. Talk about um, talk about that concept. Um, so I guess for me, um, it's that's something I've been personally working on in the past few years is um, kind of my faith journey as well, I guess you could say. And um, I just I, I believe that our lives are, are a lot more. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to say that, I guess, correctly, but um, there's a lot more going on, I think, than we like to think of on on our own you know on a global scale i guess you could say because i think that it's easy uh, especially as americans america is very work focused like work life focused and, and we do often um kind of define ourselves by our jobs and i think that people are much more than than their profession and of course it's it's something um being a lawyer is something i'm proud of like you said it, it definitely took a lot of um education and time and, and hard work but I don't feel like that's all that I am. Um, I think that above being a good lawyer, I'd like to be a good person. And of course, I, I, I wanna be the best lawyer that I can be, but I, I never forget that it's important to be a good person. Um, and I think that people in America often um, just focus on what they do for a living. And that's kind of our focus of life. I know we spend the majority of our week at work, but I think it's important to remember that you know, social relationships are important. What you're doing for other people is important. Um, keeping your own mental health is important. And again, I mean, I, I think everyone should be proud of their job and, and how, um, you know, how their journey and getting there for sure. But I think that life is a lot more um, about connections and about what we're doing, um, not spiritually, but I guess almost spiritually in a sense, you know, mm -hmm. how you're taking care of others and what, what you're leaving on this earth. I think I should take that part of the podcast clip and just put it on my website 
about what my entire life is about. I, I love what you said there. Um, probably my favorite quote of what you just said, which was, above being a good lawyer, I want to be a good person. And and, and and probably that other angle that 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 is talked about, because um, there's the prestige in being a t- an attorney, and then you have like this other perspective where there's sometimes people go um, like what you just described, the integrity you want to have, the goodness you want to display. Sometimes when people think about attorneys, they don't think about those qualities at first, um, especially if they've been on the wrong side of a of, of, uh, of a court case and they feel like they were they were wrong. But I, I love that you illustrated that integrity, that goodness, um, because I think we all want to be good people, you know, you know, but but to even prioritize that and not getting caught up with um, all I am in life is my job. And and I, I I'm similar to you is is I like what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. Um, there's some there's there is prestige in 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 being an author. Like there's like, oh like I, I feel that that day when the book come out, I felt a little bit better about myself, you know. But what you said um, is is true. It's I'm so much more than author, and you're so much more than an attorney. And it's it's just it's just beautiful exploration that we have in life to be able to go through go through the journey and figure out more of the beautiful, powerful things that we truly are with our identity. So to bring us in for a landing, I want to ask you, what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? Uh, again, I think kind of going on what we were just talking about, I think integrity is um, a huge thing for me. Um, that's definitely, I, for me, I liked going into the criminal defense field, having such a, a, a different background than some others. Um, both my parents were not attorneys. Like I said, my dad was in law enforcement and my mom was um, in, in the school districts. And I think that my dad, um, being a law enforcement agent, really gave me a respect for, for what they do and their side. And that's um, not difficult today, but it, it's definitely at odds with criminal defense sometimes. And I think some criminal defense lawyers are very um, untrusting of police altogether. Mm-hmm. And I like to just give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I think that um, I treat everybody with respect until you give me a reason to think of you. Otherwise, I'm not going to you know, automatically brand you as you know, an untrustworthy person or anything like that. Um, and so I often, um, I look to my dad as, as an example. And so when I see a case where officers are doing something incorrectly, it's easy for me to call that out because I know it's something that my dad would not have done. My dad is a, definitely a rule follower. So it, it's, it gives me something to kind of um, compare what I think that standard should be. And I think when I think of my dad, I think of integrity is, is the first word um, that comes to mind. And so for me, um, with any person, I think that's, it's very important to me that you, um, you know, have that integrity. It's one of my favorite qualities in people. Um, I definitely also um, am attracted to people with empathy. I think that it's important to, um, again, remember that we're, although, you know, we live our lives, it's important to think about people as a collective. So I think that empathy is really important. Um, and then just passion. I mean, I, I, in my fields, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have mentors who are very passionate about criminal defense, including my boss that I've mentioned. Um, so I, I think that passion, empathy, and integrity are probably my top three favorite qualities in people. I love it. I love it. Passion, empathy, integrity. I want to highlight one thing you said. You said the first 
thing that comes to mind when you think about your dad is integrity. When I hear a daughter say something like that about her father, I just want to give a standing ovation to your dad because how he carried himself for all of these years, I, I, I just think job well done. Like if, if every daughter could say the first word that comes to my mind is integrity. Let me talk to the parents for a moment here. Let me talk to the parents. So parents, if you're listening in, hear what, I'm getting goosebumps over here. I, get, I felt, felt, felt the goosebumps go through my face right now. Parents, think about what Amanda just said. She said, the first word that comes to her mind when she thought about her dad is integrity. Make that your goal. Make that your goal. When your children think about you, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Make it your goal when your parents, when your children think about you, the first word. I mean, I mean, I feel like if, if he ever listens to this, I mean, this is one of those moments, hey, I could, I could just die a happy man. You know, I mean, it's, it's that powerful. And I mean, I, mean, I think, I think uh, I'm probably going to use this story in so many lessons. You have no idea, Amanda. I'm going to use this story over and over again because. Um, it's such a rare, beautiful description of the impact a father has with his example on a daughter that you can describe him that way. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, and I agree completely. I think that what you said, if you can, if parents can focus on that now, I think it has uh, tremendous end results because I, I think that's how um, it's shaped my expectations of what is right for me as well, including, um, you know, how I'm treated at work to how I'm treated by my boyfriend. I, I have that example and I know what, what a good man is and how um, a good man should treat someone. So I think um, I definitely agree with you and thank you for the compliment. Yes. Well done. Well done. I, I love it. I love hearing that. Well, Fantastic. Well, Amanda, thank you for the time together. If you're listening in, this is the Strong Life Coach Podcast. You can find the Strong Life Coach Podcast everywhere. It's on 20 different locations or 25 different locations, wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, that's Spotify, that's Stitcher, that's iHeartRadio, and many more. Um, go listen to this podcast uh, or go listen to the other episodes. Uh, of course, give us the five-star rating. Let us know what you thought. If you want to get a hold of Amanda Hernandez, her, the phone number to connect with her for your criminal defense purposes, that is, is uh, 361-596-3494, especially if you're in San Antonio. There are some big cases they also take, take, take on outside of San Antonio. The email is amanda at flannerylawfirm.com. I'll put both of those in the show notes so you can see exactly um, how, to, how to get a hold of her um, for your criminal defense needs. Again, Amanda, thank you for joining the show. Yes, thank you. I had so much fun. Yes, this is the Strong Life Coach Podcast where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Thank you for tuning in and we'll connect with you on the next episode.